Non-stop shock radio. The station that shocks you. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby on Connecting the Dots on Renegade Talk Radio. And this is Thursday, September 22nd, 2016. The first day of fall which is great for me. I live in the desert, and I do not fare well in extreme heat. So I celebrate the arrival of fall. Let me tell you, I'm one happy camper. Anyway, so I'm just going to get right into the happenings over the last uh, so many days into a week or so here. Insanity reigns. Renegade Nation, let me tell you, are you following what the U.S. just did in Syria? Oh, my God. As Jim Dean at Veterans Today says, you just can't make this stuff up. And once again, links are provided on the Connecting the Dots page to read any of the articles I refer to if you so desire. Anyway, so Russia and the U.S., this little backstory here, signed an agreement for Syria for the, you know, conflagrations going on there. And they signed a ceasefire on Syria, in Syria, on September 9th. Okay, but then, just a week later, on September 17th, two U.S. F-16s and two A-10 support aircraft flew into Syrian airspace from Iraq during the ceasefire, mind you, and performed four strikes against Syrian troops in the Deir Ezzor region. They're supposed to be aligned with Syria against the terrorists. No. So they, they took out Syrian troops in Deir Ezzor region. 80 Syrian soldiers were killed and over 100 injured. That's in direct conflict with the U.S. agreement to coordinate with Russia militarily during and after the ceasefire and not work against each other in the Syrian conflict to rid the country from the terrorist cells. Remember, it never has been a civil war in Syria. No, the people of Syria support the Assad government. It is, in fact, overwhelmingly supported. It is and always has been a Western agenda to topple any government that doesn't support Western imperialism. You know, if they don't bend over, let's just take them down. The Syrian ground troops in the region that were hit had been successfully weakening and driving out ISIS and Daesh strongholds, a region long held by ISIS and Daesh forces. Syrian forces, along with Russia's air support strategies, were making a severe dent there. But with the Syrian troops severely hit, the actions of the coalition, I should just say the U.S.-NATO coalition, clearly paved the way for ISIL terrorists to attack the position and take control of it. The general command has called the bombing a serious and blatant aggression against Syrian forces and said it was conclusive evidence that the U.S. and its allies support ISIL terrorist groups. An emergency meeting at the U.N. Security Council was called by Russia, to which U.S. ambassador to the U.N., a very angry Samantha Power, instantly lied, blatantly, and said the calling of the emergency meeting was a stunt. I think I know why Ms. Power was so angry, because her job is to defend the outright obvious breach of the signed ceasefire agreements. She was embarrassing herself in front of the world. I'd be mad, too, if I had to stoop to such tactics for my masters. But I'm assuming that, 
because perhaps she really believes that the rule of law is irrelevant and whatever was behind this action, she supports. I don't know her thoughts and beliefs. I'm just saying she angrily denounced the calling of the cards, the blatant disregard of international norms of protocol. Ain't she sweet? The Russian ambassador to the UN, Vitaly Cherkin, understandably walked out during Samantha Power's speech, which consisted of arrogant and empty lies and counter-accusations against Russia and Syria to speak to the world press. And when he walked out, he said, quote, I'm doing this from the video that I, I watched on this. In over 10 years of my time at the UN and my 40 years in international work, I have never seen an ex extraordinary display of American heavy-handedness as we are witnessing today, unquote. He went on to say that the Del Azor is an important symbol of resistance against ISIS and ISIL because Del Azor has been besieged by ISIL for a very long time. He was also quoted as asking, who is in charge in Washington, the White House or the Pentagon? An Iranian official at the UN, Kara Mustafa, said, quote, the idea is that the U.S. could actually violate the ceasefire and then complain of being victims of a stunt is a hypocrisy beyond classical, unquote. Uh, according to a Vineyard of the Saker article by Scott Humer, Here's a quote from that article. It says, The fact that on Monday, September 19th, now this is really interesting, Renegade Nation, the UK, Australia, and Denmark admitted that they also participated in a violation of the Syrian peace agreement and an agreement for cooperation in Syria signed by the US and Russia, which makes this a NATO revolt against the legitimate government of the US. Possibly. I don't know. I couldn't verify that statement. I didn't have time, but I decided to include that statement for your consideration. Hmm. UK, Australia, and Denmark admitting to also taking part. Weird. The U.S. military is deeply divided and plagued with enormous controversies. This is from that same article by Scott Humer. But there is a difference between inner problems and controversies and outright military revolt. The reason why Vitaly Cherkin has been so worried is the reason why we should be absolutely terrified right now. The U.S. legitimate federal government doesn't have any control over U.S. military forces. Maybe that's because the Pentagon and the Department of Defense <clears throat> is a privately owned corporation with parent companies and subsidiaries that have different agendas than what is coming out of the Secretary of State. Or... Is the ceasefire agreement just a means to gain the time by the U.S. while they supply the jihadists? What do you think, Renegade Nation? Also during this period, a U.N. humanitarian convoy in Syria was hit militarily with a resultant 20 U.N. people dead. The U.N. immediately condemned it as an air attack, blaming Syrian and or Russian air forces for it. But... The UN has backtracked since, saying that it assumed the attack was an airstrike and that they spoke too soon because now it is looking like a well-coordinated ground strike, meaning the attack on the convoy was definitely not Syria or Russia, that in fact it had to have been staged by US-backed ground forces. You know, those moderate rebels they're supplying and training. Yeah. An interesting aspect to this story, as reported by Thierry Maison, 
is that the UN humanitarian convoy was stuffed with arms and ammunition. The Pentagon and Turkey use humanitarian convoys to arm the jihadists. That revelation is according to a former head of Turkish anti-terrorism, Ahmet Sait Yayla, who is currently in hiding, and why would he be if he was admitting to those truths? The convoy is still waiting at the Turkish border because Syria is demanding that it be allowed to search the convoy before letting it cross the border. I have not been able to determine the outcome of this. It's a developing story, and it's hard to get the straight straight skinny on any of this at this time. So, the United States has been caught red-handed in treachery, which now gives Russia the diplomatic advantage at the UN Security Council and on the world stage. I can only hope that Russia will utilize this advantage to take out the mercenary forces once and for all. In fact, I often wonder why, when Russia first began coming to Assad's aid last September, and began the serious, to seriously wage war against these insurgents, as opposed to the U.S. coalition strategy of training and supplying moderate rebel forces. <laughs> you know, that bullshit strategy. But then Russia pulled out at one point, which confused me. But I think it's possible that what with the U.S.-NATO interferences when Russia came in, Russia pulled back to keep from creating a greater conflict. But in the end, perhaps that also just allowed the world to really see the U.S.-NATO strategies of endless chaos, bloodshed, and destruction for what it is. Really let it stand naked to the world. What do you think, Renegade Nation? I'm taking a break here. I have to clear my throat. And I have some more stuff to talk about that's really interesting. This is Everly Isby on Renegade Talk Radio. I'll be right back. Do you want to launch your dream business and avoid a nightmare? Starting and growing a business can be risky. Learn from serial entrepreneur Heather Havenwood. Join her weekly on Renegade Talk Radio with her show, The Win. How to win as an entrepreneur. Business ownership can be a dream or a nightmare. Avoid the pitfalls from a veteran entrepreneur, Heather Havenwood, from bankruptcy to financial freedom. Join Heather Weekly on The Win here on Renegade Nation. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly on Connecting the Dots. And before I move on, I want to talk a bit about what just happened in Syria. Because it's so very relevant to the state of this planet right now. Had a little technical difficulty there. Hold on. Okay. So, um, we have a divided Pentagon, a U.S. military also divided, and a U.N. seemingly participating in their ways to support the terrorist regimes that will oust Assad's legitimate government, which is out of alignment with the U.S. government attempts to coordinate with Russia officially, and all the while trying to lie and point their fingers at Russia and Syria with the world watching. The way I see it, this is all a part of the disintegration of the Western hegemony and its dream of a unipolar world. They're like rats in a bag, fighting against each other because they can't fight against the truth. Their lies are being exposed, or at least those are the appearances. It's all unraveling, and they are thinking they can lie in naked aggression, which goes against international law and cooperation. You know, they should be acting and behaving like intelligent adults instead of bullies in the sandbox. They refuse to accept any other power but their own. 
Those involved with the criminal syndicate are acting irrationally in their sociopathic ways have left them standing naked. This is the corporatocracy I always talk about. Look at it this way. The UN is the parent company to the IMF, which takes us down the corporate ladder to the Federal Reserve and the EU central banking consortiums, which own and control the United States corporate governments and the EU corporate conglomerates. The criminal syndicate, which has deeply infiltrated inside and connected together in their desire to control, rape, pillage, and plunder the planet for its own ends. These blatant, blatant attacks in Syria in violation of international law point to their desperation and disregard of humanity. The world has indeed woken up to this syndicate. Once again, rats in a bag attacking any way they can to save themselves, profit off the endless wars they create. I'm <clears throat> rampaging here. Sorry, Renegade Nation, but I can't help myself sometimes. Let's move on, because I have an interesting tidbit that I got from the Fulford Report, Benjamin Fulford's last uh, report. Remember in the last show I talked about the Department of uh, Defense admitting to a missing $6.5 trillion in 2015? Well, this is a quote from Fulford's report. Agency sources say that $6.5 trillion was laundered, here we go, through the Clinton Foundation and spent on USAP, USAP, which is the Unacknowledged Special Access Projects. Things like, you know, deep underground bunkers, secret space program, things like that. The funding of projects beyond official oversight. The key here is we have an official U.S. Defense Department budget of $651 billion for 2015, and yet the same Defense Department issues a report saying that $6.5 trillion, which is 10 times the official budget, went missing. And it does make sense. That's why the political establishment is so set on getting Hillary in, whether she's alive or dead. <laughs> I, had to, I had to say that. Anyway, the Clinton Foundation provides the money laundering tool, the uh, pay-to-play, with the majority of monies collected in their various ways, international donations, bribes, our tax dollars, the other myriad profit-making schemes created through the central bank practices in the U.S. and Europe, as it manipulates markets, steals assets and resources for its own benefit through illegal wars, fraud, and racketeering. War is extremely profitable for a very few people and a few government corporations. Hillary, or should I say Hillbilly, because Bill is right up there, they're both up to their eyeballs together in this stuff, and the Clinton Foundation is a shill that makes this criminal syndicate hum. Speaking of Hillary, you know, have you heard about the disappearing Hillary speech when she gave her speech in North Carolina recently? This comes from jimstone.is. Uh, he's talking about, you know, how she disappeared on camera. Uh, a few trolls and liars out there are saying the glitches in Hillary's video of her speech in North Carolina are due to compression or overlays that are just part of digital video. This is a lie. When Hillary and her podium vanished, the entire broadcast frame was perfectly intact, which is proven by the fact that the flag behind her stayed while she vanished. If it was any kind of a compression glitch, no flag would have shown up. The whole picture would have disappeared. The background remained, which proves Hillary was never there. And rather than a live broadcast, it was all faked with pre-taped scenes that were overlaid beforehand, 
with layers and then presented as live. And during the production of this hoax, someone missed the fact that Hillary was missing for a couple of frames. In addition to the compression ruse, the trolls have a secondary explanation that uh, Hillary vanished due to a transmission glitch. This is another lie, because if that was the case, the entire frame would have glitched, and no glitch could have put the flag in behind a missing Hillary because that data simply would not be there. This proves beyond all doubt that this is a layered image, not a live broadcast having problems. If it is a layered, if it is layered, as the trolls are saying, to explain it away, that can only happen in a studio that produces special effects by stacking different scenes on top of one another, and a couple of the merges just did not go right. Any video done this way proves Hillary was never air, never there. Okay, so, that goes back to the thing. What happened to Hillary that day at the memorial, 9-11 memorial, when she collapsed and ended up at her daughter's place, and then pops out two hours later like a body double 10 pounds later is she alive is she still really sick or what Uh, what do you think renegade nation i'm gonna take a break i'll be right back and remember renegade nation to check out sky pilot on renegade talk radio if you want really good rock and roll music that you just don't hear anymore on corporate radio okay renegade nation i'll see you soon bye non-stop shock radio the station that shocks you renegade Hello, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby on Connecting the Dots. Welcome back, Renegade Nation. Here's some more dots that point to the Western hegemony falling apart. Here's more signs of the Western hegemony falling. A columnist for a state-run newspaper in Egypt has suggested the U.S. invented ISIS and set up the 9-11 attacks to justify its military interventions in the Middle East. Now, once again, this is a state-run newspaper, which means the government sanctions these announcements, these this, this positioning of how they see things. And this woman who wrote the article, Al, Ms. Al Sharnubi, wrote, It is a coincidence that the commanders of the September 11 attack trained at American flight schools? Is it conceivable the four hijacked planes flew around so freely in U.S. airspace and hit the towers of the World Trade Center and the Pentagon one by one with an interval of 15 minutes and 30 minutes between the attacks? All this took place with the Americans targeting the planes and downing them despite all their intelligence, satellites, and radar? Or was the whole thing planned? in advance, in order to justify the war on terror, the first episode of which later began in Iraq. Does it make sense that the most of the ISIS members are foreigners, i.e. Western nationals? Unless ISIS is another story that was prepared in advance by the West to justify the devastation, partitioning, and occupation of countries that is taking place and will continue to take place in the Middle East. So this is, once again, an Egyptian state-run newspaper sanctioned by the government. That's the government way of looking at what happened during 9-11. So it's just another country aligning with the truth that 9-11 was an inside job, that it was created ISIS and other terrorist fronts to make continual war in the Middle East. Once again, the world is standing up to the agendas of U.S. and Western hegemony. The UN, World Bank, and their subsidiaries, like the IMF, the European Central Bank, Federal Reserve, and the BIS, which is the grandparent of all the Western central banks, the, the banking cartels that create all of the wars for profit 
in the destruction of country after country is being shown for what it is. Here's another U.S. ally showing signs of biting the dust. This comes uh, out of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has asked for help from Bahrain to fight along to help it fight along the border regions with Yemen. Uh, the Yemeni troops have crossed the border into Saudi Arabia and captured several commander centers and bases in the last few weeks. Uh, the Al-Tawal region was badly damaged when they came under the Yemeni missile attacks. So if you're not familiar with why the al-Saud regime is attacking Yemen in the first place, Saudi Arabia has been striking Yemen since last March to restore power to fugitive president Mansour Hadi, who is a close ally of the Saudi government. The Saudi-led aggression has so far killed about 10,800 Yemenis, including hundreds of women and children. Uh, Saudi bombers are flattening residential areas and civilian infrastructures, even though Saudi Arabia claims to just be uh, hitting the Ansarullah fighters. This is not really the reality. According to several reports, uh, this Saudi-led campaign against Yemen has driven the impoverished country towards humanitarian disaster. The fugitive President Mansour Hadi acted as an interim president back around 2011-2012 when the Yemeni people wished to oust the regime that aligned with the Saudi royal family, which is a very strict and conservative rule that is Wahhabist, which supports Sharia law and the destruction of uh, the more liberal and varied forms of Islam. But it looks like Saudi Arabia could very well fall. In another article that confirms this, we have a <clears throat> statement by the Saudi finance minister ex-advisor uh, saying that Saudi Arabia is on the verge of collapse. The senior economist and former special advisor to the Saudi Ministry of Finance underlined that the country is on the brink of collapse with the Western countries merely looking at its implosion. So this article was written by, um, there's a, his name is Hassan Askari, and the title of his article is called The Last Tango in Riyadh. Um, but he's an economist in the U.S. and a former special advisor to Saudi Arabia's Ministry of Finance. And he says, quote, when it implodes, will the U.S. and the U.K. come to the rescue of their al-Saud clients? We believe not. The U.S. and others have made thousands of hollow speeches in support of human rights and representative governments, but they have continued to support their client only as long as they buy arms and do their bidding. So... What he's saying, though, too, is that Saudi Arabia, because they have their economic plans are failing because they need economic reforms and they're not doing them, uh, like establishing the rule of law and having an elected government. But I should add that it is almost impossible since the Saudis assume the government is their own property. But all of their all, all the money they make is through their oil. So, I mean, obviously, if you think about when Saudi Arabia was dropping the oil prices all this last year and bringing the prices down, they were trying to attack Russia's oil interests and also U.S. shale oil interests, and the U.S. shale oil interests did collapse. But Russia has been able to maintain themselves, but Saudi Arabia kind of kicked themselves in their own arse, I guess you could say. But the Saudi government is a strong U.S.-U.K. ally, but the historical and criminal machinations behind these alliances are falling apart because it is unsustainable. Once again, as these dominoes fall, I remind you, renegade nation, to prepare yourself for a banking collapse by stocking up on food and water. As many governments in Europe and the U.S. are announcing to their people at this time, heed the warning, please. 
And no matter how how, how all this plays out, remain calm and focus on your family and friends. Stay positive and know that it is a temporary situation. Even though there are aggressive moves on the part of the U.S. and NATO against Russia, I have serious doubts that they will have any real success in waging any kind of real war, World War III type of scenario. It's just a last-ditch effort by the criminals in banking and their stooges in corporate government to try to make money to keep themselves in power. But it ain't gonna work. We know too much. Lies cannot continue when the truth shines its light, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I just got an email from someone, a friend of mine, and I thought I'd like to share it with you. Here we go. The U.S. has entered into an exclusive contract with a real estate firm to sell 56 buildings that currently house U.S. post offices. I guess the post offices are going down, too. The sale of these properties will fetch about $19 billion. A regular real estate commission will be paid to that company. That company is CRI. CRI will be making a minimum of 3% and as much as 6% commission on each and every sale. CRI belongs to a man named Richard Blum. Richard Blum is the husband of Senator Dianne Feinstein. Senator Feinstein and her husband stand to make a fortune from these transactions, estimated at between $950 million and $1.1 billion. How does a U.S. senator from San Francisco manage to get away with organizing and lobbying such a sweet deal? Has our government become so elitist that they have no fear of oversight? Isn't this a cousin to insider trading? Well, this is just another example of corporate cronyism that makes us all feel so very warm and fuzzy. That's what we get when we have a private, foreign-owned corporation for profit masquerading around like a legitimate government. Do you want to revoke their corporate charter and take your country back? This is beyond the U.S., by the way. This is also in the in Europe, Britain, uh, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. It's all corporate government. Go and buy, you know there's a problem when dot 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 an American affidavit of probable cause. I always have the links up. The ebook is just $3, but if you want a real book, an actual book, you can also follow the link to the page on Amazon and buy it there. And also start reading Anna von Reitz's articles. I also always have those the link to that site. Um, her articles and her responses to questions by an ever-growing number of people who have awakened to these lawful actions that have taken place and are still taking place that are halting the criminal rats around the world who have had the intent to take this country down, in fact, the entire Western world. Thank God that a few people educated themselves to the facts in time to take the actions that they have. It's an incredible true story that everyone needs to know. I hope to get Judge Anna on one of these days soon. What a great interview that would be. I admire not only Anna, but all of the people that have been behind all this and that have educated themselves for their courage and dedication to expose the truth about this criminality that has plagued us for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Well, Renegade Nation, I want to thank you for listening. It's time for this gal to sign off for now. I'll be back very soon, I do believe Sunday night, on Connecting the Dots. This is Everly Isby on Renegade Talk Radio. Radio. <laughs> See you later. Bye.